Hello Blazers, welcome to episode 16 of UAB Green and Told, original air date Monday, March 30th, 2020. UAB Green and Told gives us the opportunity to share the stories of members of the UAB family. I'm Greg Berry, Assistant Director in the UAB Office of Alumni Affairs. This week we're sharing decades-old memories from 2000. That year, the UAB women's basketball team made a run into the NCAA Sweet 16. We're joined by head coach of that team, Jeannie Milling, and her captain, Holly Holland, now Holly Berry. The momentum during the madness of March is often all that matters, and that was exactly the case for this Blazers basketball team. I don't feel like um, we really had any expectations from outside of the program, but um, from inside, obviously being a lot of our senior year, um, we had a lot of expectations. But first, the team had to battle injuries in order to find themselves, and most importantly, hit their stride. We kind of adopted a team motto, I don't know if you remember this coach, going into conference tournament, and we, um, <laughs> we would say, uh, we won't die tonight. But memories were made that magical march, memories that most can only dream of. So everybody was sitting, holding on, and sitting on each other's laps and all over the place. When it got to our name, I mean, it just exploded. Heading into the 1999-2000 season, nobody outside of the locker room had any expectations for the Blazers women's basketball team. In the two seasons before, the women won only 40% of their games, but a mix of youth and experience was poised to make program history. Well, we had a, um, we had a pretty young team. We were fast and strong, and we had athletes, and we had some really big post players. What do you remember about the expectations of going into that season? I don't feel like um, we really had any expectations from outside of the program, but um, from inside, obviously being a lot of our senior year, um, we had a lot of expectations. We did a couple tournaments then that we won uh, up at, I think, St. Peter's. Yeah. Um, and, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. we just kind of started gelling, uh, really getting going um, and built that confidence that I, maybe we were lacking coming up through some of those struggling years. Regular season, you guys went 16 and 11 um, before conference tournament play opened up and you had an even eight and eight record in the CUSA. What was the moment towards the end of the season where things just kind of clicked for you? I couldn't, I, I, don't, I can't think of a, a moment. I just felt that you know, every time we played, we were getting better and better. Do you remember a moment that where it might have just all come together for the ladies? We kind of adopted a team motto. I don't know if you remember this, Coach. Going into conference tournament, and we um, <laughs> we would say, uh, "We won't die tonight." That was our motto. Do you remember that? Oh yeah, and I we would chant. That. We would yeah, chant that yeah, before every game yeah. because as a 16 and 11 team, eight and eight in the conference, going into our conference tournament, ranked eighth mm -hmm. out of 12. Every game could be your last, and we weren't ready to be done. So I think, honestly, going into that conference tournament and realizing the importance of each game as the possibility of being your last game, um, like I said, especially for our senior class, um, we just we weren't having it. So we wanted to play as long as we could possibly play. We got that first one under our belt, and the rest is history. 
since you guys were the eighth seed for not the NCAA tournament, but the CUSA tournament, <laughs> did you set your goals lofty and, and you still were pushing to win a championship or did you just want to take it game by game? It was more game by ba game by game. Nobody was nervous. Everybody just wanted to play and to win and that's how it happened. Everybody, once they get put out, I think they're cheering for that underdog. So when we put Marquette out in the second round, I felt like, you know, people wanted to see us go all the way. Did you feel like a Cinderella team at that point? When we knocked off Marquette, yes. That was kind of when the whole Cinderella mentality started because, um, I mean, they had been, you know, such a thorn in our side all four years. I mean, you know, you look at the teams of the initial Conference USA. I mean, mm -hmm. and that's, you know, that's one of the things I think people don't realize, um, you know, Louisville and Cincinnati and Marquette and DePaul, we didn't have easy no. games. I mean, there was no easy games in our conference. So every single program brought it, um, you know, and so we were at that time, we knew our conference was getting in, you know, four or five schools, uh, you know, with the automatic bid and the um, the bubble teams then. I mean, we, we felt confident that if we could make the run. So when we knocked off Marquette, you know, regardless of being, you know, having 11 losses up to that point, we, we started feeling like we could be that Cinderella team. You beat St. Louis in the first round by four. Then you play top-seeded Marquette, and you beat them by 10. And you continue rolling into the third round. You beat Southern Miss... 79-67, so by 13, all of a sudden, you're in the championship game and you have a shot at winning this thing. Was that going through your mind? What was that like, just the, the whole excitement level? I mean... It great. It's fun. It was. I think it's like a blur, honestly, because of, I mean, you're playing four games in four days. So, mm -hmm. you know, the teams fight all season for those top four buys for a reason. You know, playing... Three games in three days is hard enough, but playing four games in, in four days against really good competition, I mean, that's just, you know, so I think by the time we made it to the championship game, I'm not going to say we were content with what we had done because we wanted to win, but at the same time, like, there was no pressure. Tulane was supposed to win it all. I mean, you know, we were, we had battled them, um, yeah. you know, to two really close games yep. that season. Uh, we knew that we could play with them. Um, we had a shot even at the end. I mean, down three, I think we had possession. We had a look uh, at the end of that game to tie it. And, um, you know, disappointed for sure, uh, but, you know, definitely proud of what we had accomplished. One of the things I do remember about that uh, conference tournament was a lot of work on the coaching staff. Yeah. And we had a great coaching staff. We stay up all night long watching videos, videotape, and you know, making our plans about what we were going to do and what kind of defense we were going to play on who, and you know, um, so that was a lot of work, but it was really fun. In the regular season, you played Tulane twice. Um, you lost by three and you lost by four. When you see that Tulane won on their side of the bracket, and that's who you're going up against, starting like, oh man, again. <laughs> I think we were at that point, you know, like you said, I mean, after knocking off Marquette and, you know, and then knocking off Southern Mitts, I mean, we were ready for anybody. I mean, you know, <laughs> give us UConn, give us Tennessee, you know, I mean, we were, we felt like we had it rolling. And so, um, no, I don't, I don't think we felt uh, nervous at all about seeing Tulane again. We, we knew we could play with anybody at that point. This was a team that got, kind of got banged up towards the, the end of the CUSA season. They got, they got banged up. <laughs> 
and then a case of mono um, breaks out. That had to have been weighing on you as a coach, knowing that you're down players, and you have to win back to back to back just to have a chance of, of going to any postseason tournament. That, how stressful was that? Um, you can't focus on the stress, and you can't focus up. You're going to lose your point guard <laughs> before you go, you know? But we just had kids that would step in no matter what we asked of them. The positions that they, you know, had to play, and um, and the younger players, just I think the older players gave them confidence at that time. The team was really close. You don't win the CUSA tournament, but you're invited to the NCAA. That had to have been just a remarkable feeling as a player, as a coach, as a team. I will never, ever forget. We were all sitting in my office. The whole team was there, all the staff, the, um, the kids that took care of them. You know, everybody was there. So everybody was sitting, holding on, and sitting on each other's laps and all over the place. When it got to our name, I mean, it just exploded. It was just crazy. And everybody was hugging each other and so happy. And, and it was just really something that I'll never, ever forget. That's the first thing I think of, of, you know, when I think about the whole thing. I really don't know if I can be honestly, you know, honest and say that I expected to see our name pop up. I mean, we were on people's first four out. We were on some people's last four in. I mean, we were not a sure, you know, mm -hmm. thing. So but we had a chance. We, we thought we, we had a chance. We knew we had a chance, but like yeah. I said, just, just, I didn't, I guess I didn't want to let myself go there. I mean, this is, this is my senior year, you know, uh -huh. um, as far as basketball goes, I mean, you know, we knew we'd be playing some sort of postseason, but, you know, to, to hear your name, your school's name, um, you know, get announced and that you're going to Oregon, uh, to play Oregon at the pit in Eugene. I mean, I, I just remember feeling like it was a movie. Like, this is not real. This is, this cannot be real. Um, you know, but then just so thankful. So you go to Eugene and you take on Oregon um, on their home turf. That couldn't have been an easy thing because you are thousands of miles away from Birmingham at this point. The biggest thing that I remember about the first thoughts when we drove up to the arena there was this huge picture lit, lit up with their big post player. Remember that? Mm -hmm. And the kids looked and they were like... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh, I don't know, that was the first memory that I had yeah. when we went to the, when we went there. I, we remember, went, I remember that as well. It was yeah. almost at, like, you know, the Hoosier scene where they go in the stadium and he's got to measure the basket. I felt like we needed to do that because that was, it was not only, you know, intimidating, you know, just in, in that fact, but just then the day of the game playing in front of like eight or 10,000 people. I mean, we had never played in front of more than probably 2,000. I don't know. I mean, like, I just, I don't remember ever playing in front of sold out crowd. And they had come out to support their women's basketball team. They were a amazing team, really a yeah. really good team. Big, um, big. Huge. And that's that's the biggest difference that, you know, we were small. We, we did not have the size, but like she said, we had the speed. So mm -hmm. our coaching staff, you know, 
they knew what our strengths were and we weren't trying to match up and do you know what they did we were trying to make them do what we wanted to do and I think that's ultimately why we were successful. Was the game against Oregon close the entire entire way you went to overtime but what was the first half second half like as well? It's been a little while but yeah it was it was close I mean it was back and forth um, you know nobody really getting too far ahead to feel comfortable um, when it went into overtime um, you know I think uh, it was really in anybody's anybody's game, but um, you know they uh, they were a really good team. Like I just remember feeling like, you know, okay, you know, we we hung in for a half. Like that was that's awesome. You know, we hung in for you know, okay, we've hung in for thirty minutes. You know, we've hung in for thirty five minutes, and so we just kept just trying to every possession, just try to hang in there, try to match, and then Deanna Jackson being the kind of post player who would, you know, dominate back to the basket or facing the basket. Mm-hmm. They, yeah, and she could hit the three. And just, yeah, they had a hard time, yeah. hard time uh, guarding her. So, With this being the second trip to the NCAA, were there things you learned that first time that you could kind of tell the ladies and get them to settle down a little bit more and more comfortable? I think it's just the personalities of each team, you know. Um, uh, I, don't, I don't think that the first team... First time we went helped any, you know, because we had a different coaching staff and everything was different. How did the Oregon game end? You won by one in overtime. It was a last second layup um, by Shaquetta Rhodes. Freshman. Freshman. Um, Lisa Jackson, we had possession um, and down by one. Uh, Lisa Jackson, who was our the backup point guard that had taken over for Sally Jeter and had been our point guard for, you know, the whole remainder of the season, um, drove, got in the lane. They helped up off Shaq, drove, dished, yep, and Shaq finished it. And then they had, like, two or three seconds on the clock, if you remember. They got one last second, like, half-court shot off. Yeah. Um, and obviously, no. You get by Oregon in the first round. You get a day off to kind of get back acclimated, get rested, and then you go up against Mississippi State, the three seed. Watching the film years later, it still gets me. At halftime of that game, uh, they cut to a very much younger Jay Billis and Doris Burke, and um, you know they're talking in the studio about Mississippi State's going to go in the locker room and remember that they're in the SEC. Do you remember that? Uh, and uh, so, uh, you know, in hindsight now, knowing knowing how that game turns out, you know, I thought that was their mentality too. Um, you know, UAB, who's UAB? Mm-hmm. I mean, Conference USA. You know, I, yeah. I felt like we felt like that was how those kind of teams looked at us. And um, if that wasn't enough to motivate you, then, you know, I don't know what is. Well, with the Mississippi State game, you had extra fans at this point because you had knocked off Oregon. They needed somebody to cheer for, and they probably weren't going to start cheering on the dogs. <laughs> that had to have been a remarkable feeling. They were feeling. great fans for us. They were. That was the best yeah. feeling, I think, to come back out the next day, you know, after the day off, and to see, you know, so many, I mean, how many fans at that point would have been so upset that their team lost and they just, you know, weren't going to come? They all came. Mm -hmm. And you can hear it in the video. I mean, they cheered for us like we were their own. 
um, I, it's amazing <laughs> to me still that that they felt like I know that they really they wanted fans. to see us yeah. succeed. And yeah. you know, I I get it. I mean, I would I would think you know once you go down, you either want that team to go down for you know uh, those reasons that you know or you want to see that team be successful because they mm -hmm. took you down so i think it kind of made them feel a little better maybe to see that it wasn't just them that you know when we took care of mississippi state also like maybe this team is legit like maybe maybe we shouldn't be as disappointed um you know in ourselves and realize that a good team beat us mm -hmm. you know at what point did you know you had that game won Till the end. <laughs> <laughs> when, the, when the buzzer went off. I mean, we got up by as many as, I mean, we were up by like 13 or 14 at one point. And I remember feeling like. Then when Lisa got hurt. And then Lisa got hurt. That's yes. What I, yeah. Our point guard went down. And so I never felt secure in, in the game being over. Um, you know, I knew they were going to make a run. They had had. Latoya Thomas in foul trouble, mm -hmm, um, yeah. and so you know that was huge. You knew she was coming back in, and their guards—they had some amazing guards. Um, they were capable of going on a, you know, twenty-zero run at any mm -hmm. time. So you know, taking care of the ball, taking good shots, um, you know, making free throws became you know very important. Um, we did what we needed to do. Um, they did make a run though, and and cut it cut it close um, but it never felt over until it was over you win that game 76 to 70 so you win by six points at that point you've now won five of the last six games of one and done you're going to the sweet 16 you had the jubilation of being selected for the NCAA tournament which you remember fondly coach what was it like knowing you were moving on to the next weekend the second weekend of the women's tournament that was incredible it was just awesome and i wanted to stay <laughs> but the kids wanted to go home i knew you're going to tell this story. yeah the kids wanted to go home and celebrate with uab and, and aren't i you don't glad, blame aren't them. you glad we did yeah they but, tried to talk us yeah. into staying um yeah. it was kind of a spring break you yeah. know time yeah. for uab so it wasn't like we had to come back for classes yeah. and we were playing the next week in portland and we're in Eugene. Right down the road. So they're they're coming to us, you know, saying we're gonna stay. Let's just stay. And we got together as a team. And like she said, we were a very together team. <laughs> we said, you know what? This is a big deal. What we just did. We want to go home and celebrate it. We had the police escorts to Bartow Arena. When we got off, you know, the bus at Bartow Arena, <laughs> there were news crews there. Um, it was not even common for us to have our home game highlights on I'm the local I'm glad you news. reminded me of all this. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it was not even common on, you know, on most of our games to, you know, maybe get the score blip up there in the sports highlights or whatever. So to get off that bus at Bartow and have news cameras and news reporters there and fans and the mm -hmm. band and yeah. you know which by the way our band amazing they were in eugene with us mm -hmm. um huge support i mean it felt like yeah. th this is this is for us like they're here to support us yeah. and after i thought about the whole thing for you know a while i was like that's right mm -hmm. i'm so glad we did it going into the game against Rutgers, were you still on cloud nine and thinking you know what we can take down another Goliath. I think the week off um, might have been our downfall. 
Um, not that we were off. I mean, we were practicing and preparing, but I think we got comfortable with the success we had reached at yep. that point. You know, having, I think if we had had one day off after the Mississippi State game and, and immediately played Rutgers, I think it could have been different. You know, mm-hmm. that was kind of how the conference tournament went and then into the NCAA tournament. But then coming home, celebrating, feeling such an immense amount of pride and what we had already accomplished, you know, I don't know if that, you know, kind of led to the the performance that we had then back out in Portland. But, um, you know, we, we gave it our best. I mean, we if we weren't outsized in the Oregon and Mississippi State game, we were completely outsized in the Rutgers game. I've never in my... Well, we played them tough. We did play we them really tough. We really did. But those, mm-hmm. those yeah. were some of the biggest yeah. girls that I'd ever played against um you know there was no easy looks there was no easy baskets um but yeah I, I still think if we had just just kept going not had that little break could have been could have been different does it seem like it's been 20 years no every basketball season it comes it comes back maybe my knees feel like it's been 20 years <laughs> um can't put a price on and i am very very proud uh to have been a part of that team. That season was one of two that Coach Millings led the UAB basketball team to the NCAA tournament. She would coach the Blazers for 17 years, winning a program record 265 games. As for Holly, she still ranks in the top 10 in most three-pointers made and free throw percentage in her career. She also holds two degrees from UAB graduating with a bachelor's in communication studies from the College of Arts and Sciences in 2000 and a master's of arts in curriculum and instruction from the School of Education in 2003. These two exude green and gold and have a good idea of what it means to be a blazer. To me, I mean, I think obviously, not to be corny, but I mean, the ever faithful, ever loyal motto to me is what, you know, I think about when I see the UAB logo and the Blazer, you know, logo, I mean, I'm just proud. That's a good way to tell it. <laughs> yeah, it's true. <laughs> Be sure to keep up with our episodes as soon as they're released. Visit our podcast page at alumni.uab.edu slash greenandtold. While you're there, shoot us ideas for future episodes or email me at greenandtold.uab.edu. You can find us on Spotify and iTunes. Help us reach more alumni by submitting a written review and rating us. And check us out on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Just search for at UAB Alumni. Thanks for listening, and go Blazers!